This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for ways for my son to get involved and give back in our local community. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, is also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to build happier habits into your daily life. This week, we'll talk about why we should consider our possessions and ask ourselves, do I use it? Do I need it? Do I love it? And we'll discuss some listeners' answers to the listener question, how do I encourage my rebel coworker to read his important work-related emails? I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. Yes! I am in my home office right here in New York City, and joining me today from L.A. is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, right now I'm wearing a T-shirt that you gave me, a happiness T-shirt that I both use and love. I will take a picture and send it to you, and I will post it in the show notes. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And Gretchen, you know I love scouring the Internet for a good T-shirt. <laughs> you like a theme. Yes. Yes. Uh, So before we launch in, happy Easter to everyone who's celebrating Easter, which is coming up. And Elizabeth, you have some exciting news. Yes, Scratch. I'll be spending Easter in Puerto Rico. I am leaving very soon. Um, We bought one-way tickets. I don't even know when I'm coming back. So I'll be there. I'll be podcasting from Puerto Rico. So I'll tell you all about it. And what kind of days do you have there? Is it just every waking hour you'll be doing something related to the show, probably? A lot of the time, yeah. I'm sure we'll have some days off, hopefully on weekends. But yeah, it's going to be pretty intense, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to it. Of course, I'm going to miss Adam and Jack. I don't know when they're coming. Um, Hopefully they're going to come at some point. It's all very up in the air, but I'm just sort of embracing the change and I'm just going to dive in and just live fantasy island right enjoy the process as our father always says and when are we going to see like episode one of fantasy island about i think in august right it's not that far off 
That's not that far off. Oh, exciting. Well, you'll keep us posted. Oh, yes. From Puerto Rico. This week, our Tried This at Home, uh, still related to the spring cleaning because it's that time of year. And I think a lot of people get the itch to clear out clutter when the weather is changing. This week, our Tried This at Home tip is to ask yourself when you're considering what to do with a possession, if you're thinking, eh, what do, should I keep it or not? Ask yourself, do I use it? Do I need it? Do I love it? And this question comes up, Gretch, all the time. It can be very hard to make these decisions of what to give away, what to discard or donate. Recycle. Recycle, yeah. Absolutely. And so these three questions, I think, really cover everything that you would want to keep. So first is, do you use it? So do you use it as like, I use this can opener, I use this folder. You know, Marie Kondo says that everything should spark joy. To me, that's kind of a high bar. Mm. Um, There's a lot of things I use regularly, and I wouldn't say that I love them or that they spark joy. They're like the nicest pair of scissors a person could have, but it's a pair of scissors that I have, and I use it, and they're fine, so I just let them do their little job. Mm -hmm. Do you need it? There are certain things where when you need it, you need it, and it's great to have it. So, like, if you live in Los Angeles— It's not often that you need long underwear, but every so often, it's like every other year we go to Kansas City for Christmas. This is the year they're having like historically cold winter. (laughs) I'm going to take my long underwear. And so then you, you have it and it's nice. You don't need it all the time. Years could go by, but you actually do need it. Um, and then there are things we just love. Like there are some things I can't, you know, I have this this set of postcards, the magic eye postcards, you know, those, it looks like a sheet of dots, but when you hold it up your face, just yeah. right, like an image pops out. And I mean, I've had this thing for such a long time and I never said the postcards, but every once in a while I pull it out of the drawer and I'm like, I just do it again and I have fun with it. I'm like, I just love it. So I think I have room for that kind of thing within reason. Yes. So it's, do you use it? Do you need it? Do you love it? Yeah. And one thing, Gretchen, is some people talk about like, oh, if you haven't used it in a year, you don't need it. But as you said, there are things that you might not use for years, but when you need them, you need them. Like I have all this Thanksgiving sort of stuff. Well, I host Thanksgiving. I mean, I've only hosted it once, but I assume I'll host it again someday. And so I have my cabinet where I have the things for Thanksgiving. Well, this is the tricky part. I mean, and I think you put your finger on a place where it it can get kind of ambiguous and you can hang on to a lot of things. Like maybe one day I will need it. You really want to be thinking, is this something that you really, you have used it in the past and you can really foresee a reason to use it because because otherwise it's sort of a justification. Oh, I have 50 mason jars, but one day I could need them. Right. I think you need to be honest. Like, are you realistically going to do it. And how much space is it taking up? There's this interesting term that I learned in this really interesting book by Daniel McGinn called House Lust. It's a term, the maximum use imperative to describe the fact that people will often buy something to accommodate a use that they need only rarely. So you're sort of like, oh, I need a dining room table big enough for that Thanksgiving dinner when I have 25 people. But that happens extremely rarely. So you don't need to buy for the maximum use. You can buy for more everyday use. So I think you do want to think about, you don't want to be prepared for every possible situation that could ever arise. You want it to be something that is realistically going to be something that you're going to need. Yes. Although I do think it's because those things seem like important occasions, people are more drawn to them, right? Yes. 
Well, and it's one thing it's one thing to have some Thanksgiving decorations. It's another thing to have an entire pantry full of camping equipment that you haven't used in 10 years. But you're like, well, one day I might decide to go camping. It's like, are you really going to decide to go camping? And you want to say, like, if you were going to go camping, would you want to use these things? Because sometimes we hang on to things. This is I, I've done this. Yeah. You hang on to things forever, and then when it's actually time to use it, you're like, oh, this one isn't good enough, or this one is out of date, or this one doesn't work anymore. You know what I mean? You want to, like, are, are these things realistically going to be used? Yes. Yeah. Like, you can have a giant metal bowl that is very practical, very useful, but if you're never going to use it because yes. you have other bowls you like better, yeah. there's no reason to keep it. Yeah. Thinking I could use this is not the same thing as saying I do use this or I might need this is not the same thing as I do need this. Like if I said to you, do you need long underwear? You'd be like, yeah, I need long underwear because from time to like when you were shooting in Hungary, you had Arctic level (laughs) gear that you desperately needed. I think another place that this comes up is like the fantasy self. You know, and again, this is like the camping. I have this fantasy self where I'm going to do yoga. I have this fantasy self where I'm going to get back into tennis And so I'm going to keep all this equipment around for what I think I need. But then that ends up taking up a lot of space. And it also ties you to an identity that isn't real. And that that can be draining. Yeah, I think that's tricky. That's where it gets into the the, like things I love. Because like I do have some fantasy self items like a purse that I may never use again. Yes. But like, I just love having it and, and looking at it and thinking of my fantasy self. So yes, I think there's a balance there. So, so I think that's a great distinction though. You truly love it. And when you look at it, it brings you, it does spark joy. Yes. But then there are things where you're like, eh, it kind of makes me feel bad when I see it. Cause it just reminds me of all the yoga I'm not doing on that yoga mat. Right. That you don't love. Right. And then there's another thing is like, when you're thinking about, do I need it? Part of it is like, how many of an item do you need? We've talked about this before. It's easy to stockpile things accidentally. For us, it's water bottles. We turn around, it's like, all of a sudden we have 10 water bottles. How does this happen? I do not know. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we don't need 10 water bottles. So give the other ones away. So you might need something, but do you need this many of something? Because if you don't, you want to give the others away to people who really do need them. Yeah, you know, Gretch, my epic mug collection. I yes. definitely, it's like, I should not, if I don't love a mug or yes. it doesn't mean yes. something, I should yes. not keep it. Yes, you have so many mugs that you honestly treasure. Uh, why would you keep a mediocre mug? Yes. Yeah, because it's hard to put them away in your cabinet, um, I will say. <laughs> yeah, so I think saying, even if I want, I need these things, how many do I need? And, and let me just distill it down to the ones that I like best and that work the best. And then I have a better experience, too. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and Gretch, for people who want to read more about like their possessions in their home and what to do with them and how to think about them, I have to suggest they read Happier at Home, which is my favorite of your books. I know. That's I so love nice. it so much. And it talks a lot about this kind of thing. Yeah. Outer Order Intercom talks specifically about like clutter clearing, but Happier at Home is really more about possessions in the context of happiness generally. So it sort of takes a more transcendent view. So let us know if you do try this at home and how that test asking yourself, do I need it? Do I use it? Do I love it? Works for you. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Whereas always, you can go to the show notes for this episode. It's happiercast.com slash 319 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we've got an April Fool's happiness hack. But first, this break.
The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Gretch, it is time for this week's happiness hack. And we are reminding everyone that tomorrow is April Fool's Day. Yes, this is the hack. The hack is, hey, we're reminding you that tomorrow is April Fool's because so often people are like, oh, I forgot. I wanted to plan something fun. Because this is just like, talk about whimsy, talk about a minor holiday. I think April Fool is just fun. You can find a fun, silly thing to do to a friend, to a family member, and it just lightens people's day. And you had some easy things that you've done in the past. Yes, I'm a fan of the easy ones. So one thing is, if anybody in your family eat cereal with milk or drinks milk. If you put it in the freezer the night before, it will freeze. And so like if there's a bowl with cereal in it and a spoon and the milk, it'll pick it up, the spoon, and the whole thing will come up. I did this to Eliza one year. Hilarious. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of using food dye. I think everybody needs to have a lot of food dye and use it at all times. There's so much, so much bang for the buck with food dye. One time I dyed a carton of milk green mm. and again, Eliza poured it out and boy, she was not happy. <laughs> she did not understand what had happened. Another fun way to do it is if you get gel food dye, if you take a Q-tip and put the gel food dye and put it on the inside of a bathroom faucet, it will, um, the water will turn colors when it ter- comes out. That's pretty funny. I did mm. that to Eleanor. Yeah. And then the gelling joke. Yes, this I just got. I haven't done this yet. I hope no family member hears this podcast before I do Mm -hmm. it. Allegedly, the gelling joke 
I'll post a link to it. It instantly transforms someone's beverage into a totally non-edible sludge. Hmm. So I've I've never, I just read about it and decided to give it a try. So I will report back on whether it actually works because it sounds like it would be pretty funny. And then, Gretch, there's also the other kind of prank, which is the prank announcement. Yes. When you- uh, but you have to be able to pull it off. You have to have yep. conviction. Like, Dad did this to me when I was yes. little. He came running <laughs> into the room. Elizabeth, you're like no. where school, school yeah, started. No. no, this was high school, too, where it was like elaborate, like prinking and primping and, and getting ready and changing of outfits. And so this is no light <laughs> and oh, acid. Okay. Oh, and I just sprang out of bed screaming. <laughs> and um, oh. then he said, April Fools. And no. I was like, oh my God, it was, a, yeah. he really got me. He, he really was committed. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah, he it, committed to the bit. I <laughs> he really, because he seemed upset. <laughs> oh, I mean, the, the vision of you really like springing up with your hands and feet motoring in the air <laughs> and yelling. I mean, it was hilarious. So that's the prank. And I'm too soft hearted and I, I start laughing. I can't pull off a prank announcement, but it can be. It's a very low. Um, you don't need to have any stuff. You just yeah. have to have a notion. OK, four tendencies tip this week, because in episode 316, We talked about a question from a listener who works with a rebel teacher who refuses to read his work emails from school. And this is a problem, the listener said, because at their school, there's a lot of crucial information communicated by email. So like about photo day and field trips, et cetera. So the question was, what can you do to encourage a rebel colleague to read emails? And so we got very thought-provoking responses. And interesting, almost everyone who responded was themselves a rebel. So this is by rebels for rebels. Yes. Who better to offer solutions than a fellow rebel? Yes. Who better? Yes. Um, Robin said, as a rebel, I had two immediate thoughts. One, his consequences need to be upped. Right now, what the listener thinks is a consequence obviously isn't a big enough one for the rebel. The best habits I've made have come at pretty extreme for me costs. He must value teaching for some reason, so take that reason away if he doesn't follow the rules. Yes, it seems harsh, but we learn best this way. Two, Rebels like to do things our own way and love it when lines get a little blurry. Can the listener change the teacher's email to his personal email instead of the work one? It's a simple switch, and if he checks that instead of work, then he'll get the info but still feel rebellious since it's his own personal account. (laughs) Very clever. Interesting. Michael says, as a rebel, I suggest just calling this guy out. That's what my wife does to me when I miss something just because I don't want to. My friends are generally more polite and try to lead me to see the errors in my ways. Maybe try asking him if he got an email on an upcoming event or ask if he thinks staying up to date on school events is important or ask how he will inform his students on school events if he doesn't know. He might be relying on other teachers to keep him informed. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sarah said, I wanted to offer another suggestion for how to deal with a coworker who doesn't read his emails. The truth is he doesn't have to read his emails and trying to persuade him otherwise might just provoke more resistance. 
Something I might try is asking him for his own ideas on how he could stay informed about school activities since it's so important to the students. As a rebel myself, I appreciate it when people ask me for my input since it gives me a feeling of agency. Plus, when I have the chance to stop and think about it, I often decide on my own that the thing I was resisting is actually the best way forward after all. There's even a chance he'll think of a great idea that no one has considered before. Let's face it, we all get too many emails. I think this is great. This is very simple, very direct. And like, yes, I mean, mm-hmm. if there's a better solution that can help all of us. This is why the rebel tendency is often so helpful for everyone. We did hear from a rebel who was not happy about the fact that the, the listener who asked the original question speculated that her fellow teacher was a rebel. Uh, Suzanne says... The teacher who is unwilling to read school emails is simply unprofessional and narcissistic. (laughs) To equate his unacceptable work behavior with the rebel tendency implies that rebels are incapable of being team players, caring about workplace outcomes, or performing well in traditional jobs. Although I would never attempt to speak for all rebels, I imagine a few others, like me, felt their sense of identity ignited during this portion of your latest podcast. As a rebel, I have managed to obtain a bachelor's in engineering, a master's in marketing while working full-time, and strong job reviews over 35 years working in the public and private sectors. Sure, I read my email whenever I feel like it, rather than in neat scheduled blocks, but I read and respond to all of it. Not doing so would and should cost me my job. Mm. Okay. What I would say is that the rebel tendency is very shaped by values. And this rebel's values shine forth very, very clearly and strongly, but not everybody shares the same values. And I think sometimes people's behavior is, is shaped by the values that they're really trying to live up to. Yeah, it's a very interesting point. Very interesting point. And finally, Anne says, I would recommend that the person sending the emails take a good (laughs) long look at how they can make their emails more effective. Our daughter's school sends emails that are overly long and that bury the one important point in paragraphs of text. (laughs) They use acronyms we don't understand, send details for grades our daughter isn't in, etc. I can barely get through them, and I'm a journalism major. Maybe he's not reading the emails (laughs) because they're painful. Well, Gretch, I think we all agree that shorter emails are better emails. Yes. Well, and it's also reframing. Maybe this isn't the problem of the reader. It's the problem of the sender. (laughs) And so this is actually like a reminder that the email should be easier to read. So I I thought that was a great way to say, let's step back um, and think about how we could tackle this a different way. So thank you, everyone. Thank you, Rebels. Um, it's, it is always especially helpful to hear from a particular tendency when we're like when it's sort of a tendency related thing, because I think they do have unique insights. Yes. OK. And that was listener answers. Now it's listener question. This question comes from Mary Jane. She says, after working from home for a year, I'm going to be returning to the office in May or June. I'm a little nervous about it, and I want to make sure it's a positive experience. I thought I'd look at my return to the office as a clean slate and try to develop some new habits. For example, while at home, I started walking regularly. I tried to start the day with a 15 or 20 minute walk, and then I'd get up from my desk and go around the block two or three times a day. Have you or your listeners been thinking about the transition? I'd be interested to hear thoughts and suggestions. Well, this is a great idea, and I think this is something people should really be aware of right now, because as everything is switching back and people are slowly starting to go back to more or less normal routines, we have an opportunity for the clean slate. And this is 
we don't have this opportunity very often, so you really want to take advantage of it. Like Mary Jane is thinking about this, and that is just extremely important to do, to think about it, get ready for it, so you get the benefit of it. Because if you don't think about it in advance and you slip back into your old habits, then you lose the advantage of the clean slate. Well, what is the clean slate exactly? Okay. Well, in my book, Better Than Before, where I talk about the 21 strategies to make or break habits, the clean slate is one of the strategies. And the clean slate is when habits are disrupted, when you move, when you start a new job, when you start a new relationship, when you have a different route to work, old habits are wiped away and it's much easier for new habits to come in. So for instance, when people are trying to quit smoking, what they found is that when a move, when you Mm. move to a new home is a great time to quit smoking because you don't have those associations built up. So something like this For a year, you haven't been going to the vending machine. You haven't been buying a pastry at the donut shop, you know, on the first floor. Mm -hmm. And so you can think about, well, how do you want to organize your day when you go back? Just the way Mary Jane, and she's like, I have this new habit that I've had over the past year of how I want to exercise. So how can I concretely and realistically think about how do I plug that into my new set of habits as I return to work? And that's really smart because right at the beginning – it's going to be the easiest to lock those into place. So you want to start as you want to continue. So you've got to figure it out right away and hit the ground running. Yeah, one thing, Gretchen, I think could be helpful is to involve other people. Like she mentioned wanting to walk every day. I think if you email a coworker before you both go back and say, hey, do you want to start the habit of going for a walk at lunchtime? Likely the coworker will say, yes, that's a great idea. And since you've established you're going to do that, you'll start doing it day one. Yeah, the key is really to think about it in advance because the clean slate is wiped away. But as you start going back, then your new habits are going to form. And so you really want to take advantage of it. If you want to read more about this, it's it's a whole chapter of my book, Better Than Before. And as I say, it's, it is a very powerful strategy, but it is, it's a fleeting strategy. And so you really do want to take advantage of it while you can by thinking about it in advance. So that's a great question, Mary Jane, um, for thinking about the clean slate. Yes. Coming up, Gretchen has a male-related demerit. But first, this break. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. As your kids get older, some things about parenting get easier. They can dress themselves. They can clean up after themselves, allegedly. Other things don't, like having conversations about money. The fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money unless they're actually in charge of it. That's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on their kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Yeah, Jack has green light. And one thing I love is that it includes a chores feature where you can set up one time or recurring chores and reward kids with allowance for a job well done. Gretchen, we used to mow the lawn. How much more motivated would we have been if we'd had funds deposited when we completed the hut chore? Mm-hmm. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash happier. That's greenlight.com slash happier to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash happier. Gretch, I love eating sandwiches like a grilled cheese or a peanut butter sandwich is my ideal lunch, but I'm very aware of my carb intake, so oftentimes I avoid sandwiches. 
Luckily, Hero Bread has remade carby, empty-calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories. Plus, it has protein and fiber. I have been using it to make grilled cheeses, and I use their tortillas to make a cheese quesadilla, and I am in heaven. Hero Bread tastes great, has a terrific texture, and helps you meet your nutrition goals. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use happier at checkout. That's happier at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Okay, Gretch, it's time for demerits and gold stars, and you're up this week with a happiness demerit. Yes. So Eliza's away at college, and she just had a birthday, and... I did not send her a birthday package. I had ordered her a present, which I thought was going to get to her on time. It's going to get there late. But, I, you know, I sent an email like it's on its way. And, you know, she does not care that much. Mm -hmm. But I have to say, I really thought I would be a different kind of parent. I really imagined myself. Mm -hmm. um, I thought I'd be the kind of parent who, like, made cute little packages and mailed them off and, and filled them full of fun things and, and, you know, our mother sends her something like full of Halloween decorations or, or Valentine's Day gifts. And like, and I've seen pictures like Eliza puts up all the decorations and she and her friends like eat all the heart-shaped candy. So it's not like she doesn't appreciate those things. Right. And I just, I had a vision of myself as being the kind of person who would do that. And I guess I'm not. And, you know, I think it would have been nice. I think she would have appreciated it. Well, Gretch, maybe it's related to the fact that you're an underbuyer. It's hard for you to be like, yes, let me buy these unnecessary Christmas decorations or whatever. Yeah. Well, I do think that is true. Like, I'm always looking for an excuse, like, not to run errands and not to buy things. And, and, and I am kind of like, oh, does she really need this? Does she really want this? But, yeah, I don't know. I just, it's, it's one of these things where I'm like, huh. Well, that I, I, I'm not acting the way I thought I would act. And maybe now that I've given myself a demerit, I'll think about doing it differently in the future. Gretch, I have to say, I think also you talk to Eliza all the time. So yeah. I think if you didn't talk to her, you probably would send her things because you'd be thinking of her and want to make contact. But since you can talk to her multiple times a day, it feels like she's part of what's going on. Yeah, I probably don't talk to her, but, like, we text as a family, like, just, like, random little things. So, yeah, she. Oh, I do feel much closer contact with her than I anticipated. So that's a good point. Maybe that is true. That's reassuring. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, so what's your gold star? Who, what's the gold star this week? Okay, Gretchen, I have to give a gold star to my writing partner and co-host of Happier in Hollywood, Sarah. Ah. For just, I mean, her adventurous fearless spirit. Yes, she is an I mean, adventurer. <laughs> she is. I mean, she first like packed a U-Haul and took her daughter, her stepmom, two dogs and two guinea pigs across yes. the country to Minnesota for eight months and weathered winter in Minnesota, which is, you know, negative 20 degrees where she yep. was. And now she's decided to move to Ojai. She's like selling her house while we're in Puerto Rico and she's moving her whole life to Ojai, um, which is not that far away. I mean, she could still commute into LA if she had to, but I mean, it's a big move. Yes. And I just admire her for just going for it. Yeah. 
And I have said to you, like, she would have been the best pioneer. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. She is the person yeah. when you go, who yeah. would get in a covered wagon and just <laughs> go, having yeah. no idea what lay ahead and like yeah. the hardships? Sarah would have been a great pioneer. Yes. Yes. She has an intrepid spirit. So yes. I really admire it, and it's inspiring um, to me, even though I am not such a pioneer. It definitely, it shows me what you can do, yes. you know, and, and yes. makes, you know, again, with the choosing the bigger life, Sarah yes. definitely always yes. chooses the bigger life, yes. and she encourages me to as well, even if yes. I don't necessarily follow through. <laughs> yes. Gold star to Sarah. Yes. The resources for this week. We talked about the four tendencies earlier in the episode. I have a lot of free resources related to the four tendencies on my website. If you go to GretchenRiva.com slash resources and then scroll down to the section titled four tendencies, there's a flash evaluation. If you want to see what someone else's tendency is without, if they won't take the quiz, there's guides for how to think about the tendencies at work with sweethearts in healthcare situations with children. Um, they're all free. Uh, so if you want to learn a little bit more about the four tendencies without like getting into the whole book, you can check out those resources. Also, every week I send out an email with five things that are making me happier. Plus, I have links to new blog posts and lists and quotations and all kinds of updates. You can join the free weekly newsletter at GretchenRibbon.com slash newsletter. And now what we're reading. Elizabeth, what are you reading? Gretch, I just started A Tale for the Time Being by Ruth Ozeki. Oh, I love that book. I cannot wait to talk about that book. And I am reading Witchmark by C.L. Polk. More reading for everyone. Yes, always. And that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Ask yourself when you're considering an object in your home. Do I use it? Do I need it? Do I love it? Let us know if you tried this test and if it worked for you. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And so many people have recommended us to six people. I have mailed out so many gold stars. I just mailed a huge batch, so if yours have not arrived yet... They're on their way. We so appreciate word of mouth. Thank you, listeners. Thank you. And if you've recommended us to six people and you'd like your sheet of gold stars, go to the show notes for episode 319 um, and you will see how you can get them. Yes, it's on our system, but we so appreciate that word of mouth. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us Onward and Upward. So, Elizabeth, have you made a packing list? We've talked about packing lists so much, and you have a lot of packing to do. I actually do have a packing list Good. for the first time in my life. I think it's helping me feel more in control. Aren't you kind of going indefinitely? Yes. It's, so, yes. high stakes. High stakes. From the Onward Project. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. 
If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework.